This podcast is sponsored by the Club Women's Network. It can be lonely working for yourself, so this online support and learning network is here to help women learn what they need to know to stay in business. They meet online twice a month and in-person meetups too. They teach you everything from reels to financial forecasting. For more information, check out theclubwomensnetwork.com. Welcome to the Mum Mind Podcast, or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I'm Steph McSherry, I'm a mum of two, and I am the creator of Kinderama, a multi-activity program for younger kids, and I've been working with that age group for 20 years. I'm Bethan O'Riordan, I'm a mum of three, and I, I'm a psychotherapist, and I, I host, oh my god, I can't talk today, <laughs> and I host the online parenting support, the CAM Parenting Community. Each week, Steph and I answer your parenting questions and share our almost 40 years experience working with children and families. I know, I mean, old women oh. is all I hear when I say yeah. that. Um, so if you want us to answer one of your questions, then email us the mummind at gmail.com. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to go in depth. Like if you want us to cover a rough topic, if you don't want to tell us your life story, that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody somebody asked me the other day to cover a topic. I won't even say what it is yet, but um, she's like, but I don't want to tell you all the... And I was like, no, you don't have to tell us yeah. all, all the... Uh, just a reminder, wherever you listen to click like or follow or subscribe, that can be like a little tick, it can be a little plus, but it just means that the powers that be see that people are listening to us and that helps us make more amazing free content for you guys. Yeah, 100%. Um, so this week we are talking about reward charts, um, the perils of, where they may be helpful and everything in between. Okay. Um, and by reward charts, you mean... Something you either make or buy, the child has good behavior, you put stickers on and that leads to a treat or a reward of some description. Yeah, 100%. I okay. mean, I think I think this always takes me back to toilet training because maybe that is when a parent very first of all, or maybe not, I mean, I can't... Chocolate button for a wee. A chocolate... <laughs> or a poo. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... It's a slippery slope if we start rewarding children for things that should naturally feel good anyway. And I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent. So Steph, if I do say so Beth, and it's time to stop. Rain talking. you in. Yeah, rain me in. But there's a big problem for a lot of children these days in that the fake world, say the online world, feels better than the real world. Mm. You know, you can get a certain sense of control, a certain sense of power, a certain sense of autonomy from gaming, right? Um, and that level of feeling inside, it's different to the real world. Mm. So we want as much as possible for children to really tune into and enjoy that feeling of doing something that feels naturally good. And, and the more that we move children away from that and they're behavior being a reward-based system the more difficult it is so that's yeah and to, well yeah no it's not it's a good tangent because weirdly <laughs> enough in my head when we were coming on to talk about this today I was thinking how I I did have a re reward chart it didn't really work very well I think because there were other things going on at the time that I didn't even realize 
and our reward chart quickly became a chore chart and mm. let's not go down the rabbit hole of whether kids should do chores or not okay oh that's that, another times podcast yeah, that isn't opens it? a whole can of worms that once upon a time when i put something up on instagram that i was teaching my son to make a bed i got a whole torrent of abuse let's not go yeah, there you're a terrible person oh Steph. my god i mean God. you should know that by now yeah I children know, but... should be free to roam they shouldn't have to do chores oh go away Listen, <laughs> <laughs> but I just had a little kind of light bulb moment because one of my kids, uh, we don't have a chore chart anymore, but definitely does chores just to get money. And if there's no money involved, we'll not do it. Oh, really? So I've created a monster there, haven't I? Because really that child should be doing it for kind of, you know, mucking in and joining in with the family and that we've all got our responsibilities. I don't know. I mean, chores are shit, Steph. (laughs) (laughs) Was it you? Did you hack me? Were you the troll on Instagram? (laughs) Let your kids be kids. I mean, I know like none of us have creative monsters. I mean, I remember, I think I tried reward charts back in the day. I honestly can't remember. Uh, And, you know, it it is cheesy, right? But parenting is a journey. And it is that you try (laughs) things. (laughs) A journey. A journey. But it is that you try things. Yeah. And then if you're a little bit tuned in, you'll be like, oh, this doesn't feel good or that didn't sound good or God, that was like, what what am I doing? And then you'll change, you know, so. So is it better or is this still rewarding? Is it better to say, and we're talking younger kids, right? Because, you know, my 12 year old would not respond to a reward chart for love and money now. (laughs) Well, well, sorry, on you go. Well, I was going to say, you know, is it just as bad? bad don't like that word but you know is it to say to the little one okay we're gonna tidy up this room we're gonna get all this stuff sorted and then we're gonna sit down and read a book no I think that's reality isn't it okay I was just thinking is that not just a reward just without the sticker chart that's just life yeah and I think as well like time with a parent is just lovely yeah. But, you know, you can't. I always think like when, when my kids go to bed and my oldest is the same age as yours, kind of 12 and a bit now. So I go to bed at the same time as them. <laughs> yeah. but, back in, but back in the day when I did get time alone, I didn't want the kids to go to bed than me doing the dishes and tidying for a few hours. That's no mm. fun for me. And then that would come out. I'd be cross with them. They didn't know why mm. I was cross with them, but I was resenting them. Off you go to your bed asleep. I'm doing all the work. Whoa, you know? is me. <laughs> yeah, mother classic falling out of yeah. mouth syndrome. You know, so I think that's a really lovely way. And the reality is, Steph, is that we do things and then something happens you know that's a consequence of life like today very organized type person I've done all the dishes I've got two dinners prepared for later on because my kids are two dinners kind of kids at the minute because they're so big and growing and I've loads of stuff set up and I know that after we do all the sports this evening I get to sit down and do nothing because I've got all these bits and bobs lined up but I, I, I didn't need a reward chart. I'm just fast forwarding to the feeling of feeling good inside when I get to kick back this yeah. evening and watch something on Netflix and do my cross stitch. So how did you move from the woe is me mother to, I'm assuming, children participating in that cleanup so it wasn't left to you? Yeah, well, I mean, everything takes time. 
that's the thing I, I read this great expression that in my head I know it and it's going to come out all backwards but it's something like big efforts at the beginning are the rewards later on so it takes mm. a long time to encourage children to do the thing that is quote the right unquote thing to do and that's it because what you're doing with a child is you're helping them create a relationship you know and a relationship is something you cannot control you cannot have rigid rules for because it simply doesn't work um so I got the children on board like so my daughter sewed her crest onto her school cardigan the other day and she's 10 okay. and someone said to me how did you get her to do that I was like I just asked her she said <laughs> she, she said all right you know and they were yeah. flabbergasted and I met a woman in my Pilates class and I said um she's just chatting about the summer and I said well it's a lot easier now because my kids are eight ten is she ten yeah ten and twelve and I said you know so they can do the dishwasher they can hang up the washing they can put things away and she was like they can do all that and I was like yes but my oldest is 12 so this has been 12 years of developing mm. this <laughs> you know but I've worked with people who's who, who they have to pay their children to have a shower they have to pay their child two euros to have a shower okay I don't feel so bad about my kind of setting up for the chores now but yeah, I'm but... assuming that's a slippery slope that's what's happened there that's kind of yeah exactly and, and, and it's kind of tolerating the no and the follow. And they're like, I don't want to do this. Ah, yeah, ah, no, you have to say, say that it. again and loud. Tolerating the no. So you have said no and you know there's going to be a fallout. But you're yeah. there. You're okay with that. Yeah, but uh, I mean, so I think we have to ask ourselves as well as, um, will I only like you with you do when you do what I want you to do? No, parenting is about tolerating our kids when they're like, I don't want to do that. That's really boring. And they But that's so much breath. easier said than done. And I I I think of you often, Bethan. <laughs> oh well, I thought of you. What was it? I thought of you this morning when I was listening to Marty. What is he called? Morrissey? On... Not Marty Morrissey. Marty Whelan. That's, that's what I was going to say on Lyric FM. So I'm pleased we have each other in mind. Oh. So what? <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming the Marty Whelan reference is fairly not to do with parenting. But anyway. Well, yeah, no, it was. It's because oh. you said you put that on in the morning to oh, create I do. a certain tone. So yeah. I did that. The kids were like, what the F is this? <laughs> <laughs> that's what the tone became. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, grand. So well, there we go. Um, um, what so was I going to say? I can't remember. Um, I was thinking of you. Oh my lord! See, we got Marty Whelan distracted oh, us with his lovely moustache. Moustache. That... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, well, will I say what I was going to say? Do well, do. I'll, it'll come back. Yeah. It may around. never return. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Oh. so so yeah I know that this is really hard work oh yes it's come oh, so, to me and it is okay. hard work and that's what I was going to say at the moment one of my kids is going through a phase where you know I am getting a torrent of abuse about yeah. the smallest of things and I'm having to go in another room and go because I I'm it's like a confessional. I am a sensitive soul, Bethan. I take everything quite personally. Yeah. So my temptation is to either go, how dare you speak to me like that? I'm your mother, blah, 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 blah. Show me some respect. And I know that isn't the way forward, especially in that moment. This the next thing is to go, you just really hurt my feelings. You know, you spoke to me in a really awful way. 
and I've learned from you that that doesn't help either. But I do have to go in another room and kind of say, he doesn't mean it. He's just, this is his way of finding it hard, settling back into a routine. He's tired. He's finding all these things difficult. And this is how it's coming out. And I don't go looking for a a sorry. I don't Mm. go looking for a hug. But I have to really try this is the hard work this is what you're saying because we're conditioned oh look at this child oh the people people in the street he's behaving so nicely isn't it amazing you've got such a well-behaved child and we all go yay yeah we do we do no one comes up to you when they're screaming at you like a banshee and goes (laughs) oh that's amazing work you're doing there yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that's the hard bit yeah yeah, it is exhausting, which is why parents need support. Yeah. You know, like there's a mental health crisis in children at the minute. And, and and it's so around, I mean, it's so many things. But for me, it's around like those first thousand days. Who's supporting parents? Mm. You know, the first the first thousand days for a child, are, they, they say the most important you know, who's looking after the parents then? Who's organizing the childcare? Who's allowing the parents the flexi time they need to go to work, to have time for them to then go and raise their child? You know, all Mm -hmm. of this stuff. And so then, yes, when you're faced with a child who is telling you um, in no uncertain terms that they're not okay with this, that and the other, it is incredibly hard. But here's the thing, and this is the thing that always sort of surprises me a bit, is... Parents want their children to come for therapy to, I'm going to say get fixed, right? I know it's not that, but to get the skills to manage their emotions better. But parents want their kids fixed, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is really it. But if you're, if the child is going back to the family environment and being responded to in the same way, things don't change for the child. Yeah. You know, so we have to remember this. You know, is it easier for a child to go to therapy than it is for us as the parents to do that bit of work that you said Ooh. then? Perhaps it is. Yeah, you know, and I do think times. we've gone very deep. We've gone way beyond for award charts. I know. But very deep for our first episode back. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> we've back, obviously guys. been bursting to get back on. Uh, yeah. But um, I do think, and we've we've kind of touched on this before, we had the old way of doing things where parents and teachers beat the crap out of everyone and you know everyone was ruled by fear to like a giant swing kind of via the naughty step to gentle parenting and I'm using those mouse fingers to you know gentle parenting not necessarily with no guidance and the reason I keep saying to you every time you say it's important to say no is because somewhere I think gentle parenting has become this don't say no yeah almost Give submissive to everything parenting. yes yeah and and so like I was chatting to a GP about this recently and I know this is going to sound really controversial maybe we'll edit it out clickbait but, um yeah clickbait. <laughs> I'm gonna edit it just it's just that yes. Bethan <laughs> said <laughs> so Bethan says you know that's it yeah. that's the end of me as a professional yeah so you're saying that like and I see this I get calls all the time to work with angry boys Will you work with my angry boy? How old are they? They're two, three, four, five, six, seven, up to about the age of nine. And the doctor said that he sees a lot of children go then going for referrals, then receiving a diagnosis of something at the age of two, 
right? Whereas he is saying maybe it would be the a, a different, maybe better approach would be to leave things, help the family change and see if that changes anything instead. Mm. But if you have a child who does certain behaviors and people say, well, your child is really dis really disobedient. You need to help kind of put the edges on them a bit. I, I don't mean in a physical way that sounds yeah, a little yeah. bit like it, but you know, say no, be stronger, tolerate the, well, you can't do that until the plate's in the dishwasher, whatever it is. Mm you know, that's really, really hard work. But if you went for an assessment and they received a diagnosis of it that was like, oh, right, well, that's why they do that. That's different. And this GP was saying he doesn't know what the line is. And I, you know, between one and the other. And I said, well, does it really matter? Because diagnosis or no diagnosis, a parent has to be the same person anyway. Yes. So that's the goal. The goal is to be, I mean, I cannot... I cannot emphasize enough the need for parents to tolerate their children, because when you can tolerate your child, they can then begin to accept themselves. And tolerate all the emotions. And I'm so glad you said that because I have I have a passage. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I was it's hoping like I might get it. to use it. We didn't. Well, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I am reading More Than a Woman by Catelyn Moran at the moment. It is not a parenting book. Um, mm -hmm. she's a sim I'm assuming she's a similar age to me. She's got teenage kids. And there are a few kind of moments in it where I was just like, that's it. That is mm -hmm. it, right? So this passage goes, and then... Here the kicker is, we loving modern parents put in at the end of every conversation with our children, but I just want you to be happy. That's the most important thing. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but we think that's a loving, kind thing to say, but an overburdened, worried teenager hears this simply as another duty, another thing on their list, along with exams, homework, relationships, saving the world, that we, their parents, need them to be blithe, carefree, roller skating, joyous. So... Um, no problem. I'll be optimistic, untroubled and happy with my life at all times, for I know my sadness will hurt you. Obviously, this isn't a hard and fast rule, but if you are not allowed day-to-day -day sadness, if your wholly natural bouts of pessimism and hopelessness are something you feel your parents try immediately to jolly out of you, or else you must conceal them completely, then this then is it any wonder that small amounts of suppressed daily sadness and anxiety start to metastasize into something darker and harder to shift that it starts to mutate into symptoms a syndrome and illness in the same way adult women enjoy their flea bag like boozing and hangovers and periods and dream of going into hospital for a break this is now darkly echoed in our young people Okay, we can end the podcast there for today. Thanks very much. But Any it's questions? true, isn't yeah. it? Oh, but but a hundred percent. I mean, first of all, the biggest mistake parents make is they over talk to their kids with their fears. I just want you to be okay. Well, why has that got anything to do with your child? Mm. Your passive aggressive, anxious, worry fears that they aren't going to fit in. How dare you dilute your child with your fears? Yeah. Your child's going to be grand. You'll knock the grand out of them by smothering them. And, and, mm. and, you know, I, I, I see so many teenagers that come to me and, and, and they're like, God, all over my school, there's posters like, it's okay to not be okay, but it's okay to not be okay within certain limits. I'm here talking to you, Beth, and because I've been told my anger is too much or I'm too bad. So, you know, mm. 
The Calm Parenting Community is my online support for parents. It's waitlist free and inside is myself and a child and family therapist. So together we offer you 42 years experience helping children and family to solve your parenting problems. If you want to join us, head to my website, bethanoreardon.com and be the change your children need. And, and especially boys, boys are learning this message of it is okay to be a boy, but only to a certain point. We cannot tolerate a boy if you don't stand within the boundaries of X, Y, and Z. And this, in my opinion, is why boys and young men's mental health is shot at the minute, you know, but maybe we can do another podcast on that. Yes. Yeah. And I was just going to ask, what do you mean by a boy within a certain limit? As in, you're not allowed to be, you're a bit allowed to be violent on the pitch, but you're not allowed to be violent yes. in the playground. You're allowed yes. to be. Yeah. Okay. All of that. Or even another thing that um, I, I was chatting to a psychologist about, I'm not sure really, um, was violence in children's writing. Okay. So, you know, uh, and and I know that now gender has taken a new meaning. So for the minute, I'm just talking about the brain of a girl and the brain of a boy, which is different to gender. Okay. Okay. So in schools, boys historically have been more likely to write violent stories like, you know, maybe they watched a World War II film at the weekend and they've gone into school, a secondary school child, and they've written a story about a prison, a prison, an inmate grotting the prison officer and escaping. Kind of like a normal thing, right? If you've been reading about World War II, if you've been reading, but children are being, um, what is it when you get sent home from school? Like, not- Expelled? Not, no, the one before that. Um, Detention? Yeah, but, suspended but suspended that's it boys are being suspended because they're too violent they're like but I've been reading loads of second world war books I know exactly what happened in a concentration camp and I'm telling you this imaginary story but now now I'm too much for for having my but two years ago when I told the school that my my um my hobby was history well it was great because I wasn't on computer games. My hobby was history. Oh, mixed messages. I mean? Yeah. 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 Completely. So, so there's this whole identity piece is really confusing. And uh, and another thing is, um, and this is all going to be in my parenting course. I feel like I should say this while I'm on. Yeah, podcast. I do. I, I do one parenting course a year and it's going to start on the 12th of September. And everyone is welcome to join. It's online, but just go to my website for the details. Because we need to start talking to girls and boys differently. Mm. And this does go back to the reward charts as well, because girls' brains are programmed to be liked more. They need to be liked more. So if you ask a teacher, if there's 20 kids in your class, how many of the girls draw you pictures and give you presents compared to the boys? Mm. It is always, I'll say nearly always in case someone emails us and says, actually, <laughs> I've been the doing majority a study on this. Of the, time. Yeah. Yeah. the majority of the time, it's the girls, because girls are, again, I'm talking about the brain part here. Um, they are more 
crave those friendship connections and that being liked. So a girl is more likely to do things to be liked and to be included than a boy. Um, you know, so we need to talk to girls and boys differently. The, I find this fascinating. The emotions part of a boy brain isn't even connected to the language part of their brain. Oh, wow. Right. Until a certain age. So if you ask 48. a boy <laughs> to be decided, Steph. <laughs> so if you so if you say to a boy, how do you feel about that? Or how do you think you made them feel? Or you made me feel really sad because I, you know, you're not doing the dishes. Boys are like, what? I mean, it's like asking someone to drive a car without giving them a steering wheel. Yeah. Like what? What are you talking about? Yeah. And again, back to school, if you ask a boy to write a reflective piece on how do you think that person felt and the boy can't do it? Well, now your child can't show empathy. Oh. And I mean, this is a pathology for schizophrenia. Your boy's in a really bad way. This stuff is insane, yeah. you know. So the way around this, back to the point of our topic, is the if we can engage the intrinsic motivation in a child at a young age, which is why, Steph, I think your work is really important. Because there's two words in German. One is called Ken Kentness. And if someone is German, just tell me how to say that word. And it's to know by experience and insight. So you can watch someone on a video dancing, kicking a ball, doing something. And that in German is called Weissenschaft. So it's to know something in an information way. But if you can know it by doing it and feeling it like your beautiful Kinderama work is, oh. the parents can buy online on an app. You can have your and you can do it with your child. Your yeah. child can do it by themselves. But it's the act of doing something that opens up the part of our brains for this internal motivation of I did it. I hopped on one foot. Yeah, do you know, you've just reminded me of a little girl that I was teaching a couple of years back now, and she had other, other needs as well. And I had a particularly small group on this day, but she wasn't great at taking turns. So what mm. she wanted to do, we were balancing along a beam. She wanted to balance mm. along the beam, get to the end, run around, cut the line, do it again run around, cut the line, do it again. Uh -huh. And of course, she was really peeing off all her classmates. So I said to the teacher, was it okay if I stopped her doing that? And that I sat her with me to wait her turn. And I knew she wasn't going to like it. I knew she wasn't, yeah. you know, she was going to kind of not physically fight me on it, but get upset. And the teacher said, yes, that's fine. So she did her next turn, which was probably her fourth or fifth. And I said, come on, we're going to go and wait our turn. No, 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 no. Instantly kind of, you know, I, it's my turn. It's my turn. I said, no, we're going to wait our turn because it's nice for our friends. Look, we're going to watch our friends. We're waiting really nicely and we're watching our friends have their turn. Can you see they're having their turn? Or look, so-and-so is having their turn and we're waiting nicely. And by the end of it, when it was her turn again, it's my turn, and I'm I'm a really good waiter. <laughs> See, it's great, isn't it? But it's like she had to experience it. Yeah, she course. had to wait first, oh, and I just won got the tingles when you said yeah. that stuff. And yeah. I did when I was teaching because yeah. it was like I can she feel it for her. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like she had to feel okay. I know I'm ex, and I I kept saying I know you're excited. I know you want another turn, mm. but we're waiting because our friends really want to feel that too. 
And yeah. now we've waited. Now we can feel it. Now we can do it. Yeah. And it's just like she lit up. I'm a really good waiter. And it's just like, uh, I've got this new skill. And when yeah. her mum picked her up later that day, the teacher said that was the first thing she said, Mummy, I'm a really good waiter. <laughs> and it's amazing. So, like, go back to toilet training. This is what we want kids to be like. Look, I peed in the toilet or generally in the toilet. Yeah. For those of us who've toilet trained. <laughs> yeah. It was okay. in the bathroom at least. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but this so, so this is this intrinsic motivation that feeling of like wow we yeah we you did know, it you is, did it yeah because if you start building that now you're building the most amazing building blocks for your child's mental health as they grow older because you want them to feel it you want them to feel that sense of accomplishment because yeah. i've won i've won little one that well you know she loves tidying and sorting and I think if you looked from the outside in, you might be possibly concerned. But I know she gets a really lovely feeling from it. And I know yeah. if she's feeling off, yeah. she'll go and sort her bedroom out. Yeah, but it's great, isn't it? It's so like, I mean, it's better than yeah. uh, all the other But we all get that nice doing. feeling. You know, there are, I remember yeah. one weekend, oh God, this is going back a few years. For some reason, my husband and kids were away I was grieving. I wasn't feeling great. And I kind of sat there and thought, I could pick up a bottle of wine and just yeah. sit here and feel really shite for the day. But I actually cleaned my house from top to bottom. And I'm not that type of person. But by God, I felt good by the end of the day. And I was good tired. I'd been thinking and processing and working things mm. out in my head as I was going. But I felt better by the end of the day. Oh, I feel a little emotional as you're speaking, Aww. Steph. I think it's really profound what you're saying. It's that, I mean, I think it's huge, which is why I get so many requests from parents saying like, you know, have you got a book you could recommend on toileting, on grief, on getting ready for school, mm. on all these things? I say, well, yeah, read this book or this book. But it is nothing in comparison to doing what you did for that little girl and helping them with their emotions along mm. the way and within the space of your class you had it done yeah you know patience yeah. had been taught yeah and it. It, you know it wasn't perfect I'm not I'm not telling the story to go yay but I'm just saying sometimes it is yeah. worth sitting with it you know I'm having to sit on a daily basis at the moment with being shouted at and being caught you know being told it's all my fault and all the rest of it yeah. because I know there's like a transition going on and I know it feels icky at the moment and I know I have to almost absorb that not take it personally and yeah. it it will be okay and I think I know we kind of seem to venture a long way from reward charts but I think that's what the message we're trying to get across is that we have to have faith in ourselves as parents that we have to ride the storm with our with our kids not yeah. shutting it down not saying oh if you do this you get this because that's yeah. not real life yeah and 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 i think also because the opposite of a reward chart then is punishment isn't it you know like you can get mm. this you can get a sticker if you don't shout you'll get a sticker if you do this but kids can't control what they're doing i mean you and i have today spoken about it is so hard to not give out to our children to not mm. you know to not do all the things we know we shouldn't do well, it's even harder for them. It's yeah. even harder for them, you know. Yeah. 
right i hope we've helped in some way today yeah. <laughs> i can i can hear reward charts being ripped up across the country <laughs> yeah and, and and the thing is if you feel a bit stuck without a reward chart you're lost or you're like i don't know then do join my parenting course you yeah know, go do. on the website send me an email if you want to chat about it that's how Bethan yeah. and i originally met i'm sure we must have said this at some point and this is going back oh god it must be five or six years i yeah. did one of Bethan's parenting courses and it really really helps because not only you have that sense of camaraderie you're in it with other parents um but you just learn so many of those skills you really do and i also wanted to say going back to that little girl in the class i do think particularly with younger kids they they want to do these things like yeah. i've i've taught summer camps all summer i've not picked up after those children we have all tied it up and we sing a song while we're doing it and everyone picks something up. And if we're going into another room, every child carries something. You know, I don't have my special helper, which I think a lot of schools tend to do. You know, everybody helps. We all do it. We all tidy up. We all sweep the floor, you know, because that's a nice feeling too. Yeah. Yeah. The sense yeah. of completion. Yeah. And so we complete this episode. <laughs> yes. Okay. See you next week, guys. Kinderama is a multi-activity programme for younger kids. We love to try a bit of everything. Dance, drama, music, yoga, gymnastics, sports and mindfulness all delivered in imaginative classes with original songs, stories, costumes, props and puppets. Kinderama is available in school, in creche or online. Check out kinderama.com for more info.